the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Let's go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and visit with a man who's shooting it regularly in the 80s at his golf club in New Jersey. The one and only Greg Amzinger, native of St. Louis, a product of the Lindenwood University, lead anchor for MLB Network, and now a very solid left-handed golfer. <laughs> you know, you've always been so generous with your introductions throughout the years, but this might be my favorite, Randy. I, I, I forget all the other accolades. If you can just say regularly shoots in the 80s. I mean, I'm blushing. I'm <laughs> blushing. Well, hey, if you do it, that's... Uh, hey, you're the lead anchor for MLB Network. You've done great <laughs> things in your career. You've been spectacular. But shooting in the 80s might be the best thing you've done. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Listen, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone that my course is a par 70. Please. Please don't tell anyone that. Greg, now that... My 89, my 89 is not getting the same play. It's not. So I appreciate you for everything, but this is really making me feel good about myself. Well, good, Greg. Now that Randy's buttered you up, I'm going to come in with a hard-hitting question here. We see Vin Scully, Greg, the legend, joining social media. Does that mean Greg Amzinger is next? <laughs> no, I, I think Greg Amsinger is going to learn from a legend. And when I'm and when I'm 92, I'm going to get on Twitter. How about that? I think Ben Ben knows how to play this the right way. And you just you want people coming back for more. People want what they can't have, and you just can't be all that social with Greg Amsinger. It's worked in my first 41 years. I've only got 51 years left to do this and, and, and be obscure and just be on TV. And I, I'm a very lovely human being to meet in person. Yes. I've hung out with both of you. It's not like I'm antisocial. I'm just, I, it's a lot of work and I'm really lazy. And that's just me. That's just me. Greg, I've, I've got a fun fact for you. Since the last time the San Diego Padres have won a playoff game, which, by the way, was against the Cardinals, Game 3 of the 2006 NLDS, since their last playoff win, the Cardinals have had 44 playoff game wins and 11 series. So the Padres are a little bit more desperate than the Cardinals to try to break out, and that's part of the reason that they made all the moves last week, isn't it? Uh, I don't know if the Padres are. I think A.J. Preller yeah. is. That's the difference. It's a GM who's on the hot seat. If they do not get to the postseason, which expanded postseason right now, they're a lot to get in, but they need to make a good run. Their ownership group was all in a couple off seasons ago when they signed Manny Machado. I was there and hosted the press conference where Manny was anointed the face of the Padres. And talking to one of the owners, he told me off air we're also in on Bryce Harper. We, we are going for it. They didn't get Bryce Harper, but they didn't know what they had, I think, with Fernando Tatis Jr. as the next great player in the game. 
this team's all in. I actually love what they did. I got to be honest with you. I, I, I love what they did. If everyone's going one direction, my instincts always tell me to go the other. And hence Twitter, right? <laughs> AJ Preller looked at this and said, all these front offices are saying, oh, it's a weird 60-game regular season. We don't know how to really evaluate what we have. Why are we going to trade away any young talent? This season's kind of like a wash. Yeah, if you win the World Series, great. AJ Preller's like, are you kidding me? If I win the World Series, I'm going to get a new five-year contract, <laughs> and I need that right now. I have a mortgage. So he's going for it, man. I, I'm, I'm all in for the Padres. I love the moves they made. Uh, Clevenger was done in Cleveland, polarizing figure. His act works with Manny Machado and Tatis and that crew over in San Diego much more. Um, it's cool, and I, I think that's what we want. It's an entertainment business. At the end of the day, it's an entertainment business. If I could hug A.J. Proler, I would because there's so many guys. I, I'm hosting Trade Deadline Show. And, and we got a brand new analyst. His name is Buck Showalter. You may have heard of him. Mm-hmm. He's been around the game for a long time, right? Manager. And I did this segment where I went around and we have 25 minutes to go before the deadline comes. And I go, I want all of our guys, Randy, you know I am. I kind of produce during commercial breaks. I'm like, Tom, I want you to give me a team that needs to make a move. Harold, give me a team that needs to make a move. I'm going to go to Studio 42, Brian Kings with Dan O'Dowd, the former GM of the Rockies, and Buck Showalter. I want you guys to give me a team that needs to make a move. And we fly around in our studio. We go over there, and Buck Showalter goes, no team needs to make a move. He's like, I, I commend all the front offices that aren't making moves. And Dan O'Dowd's like, oh, that's a really interesting point, actually. You know what? That's, that, you're actually right, Buck. Some teams don't need to make a move. I mean, the Cardinals didn't make a move. And, and, and I'm like, wait, guys, 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 we're forgetting that this is an entertainment business. We're forgetting that fans get excited about this stuff. It's baseball. Make a trade just to make a trade. Come on. What is wrong with that idea? Hey, We're so serious and over the top. Relax and have some fun with it. And that's what AJ Preller did. Let me tell you something about our business. I think, and this is a Levitard, Dan Levitard line, but I think it applies in sports. Fans are more interested in the transaction than the action. <laughs> yes. Yes, it, especially in baseball. Yep. It, you, you dream so much more on players in this sport because you're not getting the visual of what an NBA player can do or an NFL running back and what he can do. You, you don't see a two-minute drill for a baseball player like you've seen time and time again with Tom Brady. But it's the dreaming of, you know, wow, Brad Miller's interesting. Maybe he could actually have a month of April someday where he hits seven home runs and drives in 23. I mean, baseball fans are somewhat morbid that way in a great way. You know, it's so funny. Last night I was on the air. Sad news of Tom Seaver passing. And I'm interviewing Bob Costas. And Bob and I are really good friends. And I say to him, I go, Bob, I know you're a stat geek like I am. And I had no idea if he was prepared to say anything about this, but Bob always is, as you know. And I go, I don't know what stat jumps off his baseball reference page the most to me. If it was his 311 wins, his 2.86 career ERA, his ridiculous amount of complete games, which is over 200, or his 61 shutouts, is there a number that jumps off the page to you? And Bob, without missing a beat, goes, his winning percentage was well over 600. And yet, if you look back at all of his teams he played on, 
they never had a winning percentage anywhere close collectively of 600. He's like, it was win day every time. He actually gave me like the winning percentage of all of the teams he ever played on. But it's just what baseball fans do, man. We love stats. And yes, it's just, it's ingrained. The transaction means something to us. Yeah, Greg, the thought of Nolan Arenado carried us through the winter here in St. Louis. You're absolutely right. But speaking of Tom Seaver, is there a moment or a stat or a memory of Tom Seaver that stands out to you? You know, every summer I I get to host the Saturday induction ceremony um, to the crowd and see it at Doubleday Field for the Spink Award winner, which is a big deal. Uh, to me and the Frick Award winner, which is also huge to me, the writer and the uh, broadcaster that's going to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. So I get to do that. I've been doing it for almost 10 years now. And then on Sunday, I host the induction ceremony for MLB Network. Well, the first year I ever got to do it, uh, where I'm standing in front of a couple thousand people and I'm introducing, you know, Dick Enberg, right? Like, think about that for a second. Um, yeah, I'm waiting behind the stage for all the Hall of Famers to get off the bus and they come, you know, shuffling up the stairs and they have assigned seating. And my job is to stand up and do what Gary Thorne did for years. What George Graham did for years. If you watched Hall of Fame induction ceremonies, you know, how it works on Sunday. Now, Brian Kenny used to do this cause I'm on TV and, but it's a Saturday and I get to introduce all of the living Hall of Famers that are in attendance. To me, it's the greatest problem. The first year I ever did it, I'm standing there, and I'm, I gotta be. T- I gotta be honest with you. I was nervous. <laughs> I don't I mean, blame these are you. All my, these are all my childhood heroes. Imagine that. You're waiting for these guys to come off. You don't want to botch it. You don't want to like mess this thing up. And I remember a uh, Tom Seaver walks by, and he, I'm standing there waiting. I don't know who watches MLB Network. I had no idea if any of these guys even know who I am. But they were so warm, so nice to me. They just played golf in their Hall of Fame tournament earlier that morning. And Tom Seaver walks up, and there's something about him because I heard so much about him. I watched Bob Costas' interview that he did uh, earlier that year at Studio 42. He is just he is so articulate, so high-end smart. I had no idea what he thought about my act. And he walks up, and he shakes my hand, and he's like, Greg, love watching you on TV. Great hair. <laughs> and coming from Tom Seaver, I was like, Whoa. Tom Seaver, arguably the best hair in baseball history. I was like, this is the greatest dude. That was my one great interaction with him. I, I chummed it up with him a couple times after that. But talk about making somebody feel comfortable before like a nerve-wracking moment. Tom Seaver did that for me. When I was like 10 or 11 years old and we played pickup baseball when I was a kid, I would when I would pitch, I would try to drag my right knee on the ground and try to get my, my right knee, the, the d- pants dirty, so that I could be like Tom Seaver because I love that motion so much. It was called drop and drive, yep. right? Like that, He literally believed in that. Use the mound. It was designed for a reason. And it's funny that you say that because there's so many pitchers that were impacted by it. I was talking to Al Leiter, who grew up idolizing um, Tom Seaver. And in many ways, that's exactly what Al did. And that's why, you know, the thing about Tom Seaver, and, and I asked Al, you know, so many kids don't even know anything about him in terms of what his stuff was. He said, power, fastball, great slider. But the key to what he brought to the table was his ability to shorten the distance between the mound and home plate, even though he wasn't that big of a guy, he got every square inch out of his 
wit out of his drive. He went all the way down the mound. And by the time he let go of the baseball, you've heard the term late life. That late life happened very late against the opposition, and it screwed people up. It was hard to barrel up Tom Seaver. It wasn't just swing and miss. He missed a lot of barrels because of the late life, and that's because he shortened the distance. It was uh, something he talked about to anybody that wanted to talk pitching with him. He was he was a savant when it came to the mechanics of pitching. Hey, Greg, one more thing, and uh, it's probably not going to happen, but there's a, an outside chance. Could the Detroit Tigers make the playoffs? I, isn't that crazy? And <laughs> I, I, but yes, anything can happen because the year 2020 is bonkers. And yes, the Marlins can make the playoffs. The Giants can make the playoffs. The Detroit Tigers can make the playoffs. This team is fresh off being so bad they get the number one pick. It's Spencer Torkelson, who, by the way, if you didn't follow college baseball, was like what Mark McGuire was to the St. Louis Cardinals when no one knew he was on steroids. We all kind of did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spencer Torkelson is a man among boys. And it's so funny because Al Avila came out and said he's not going to be in the big leagues at any point. Well, time out. Real quick, real quick, Al. You're telling me you're not going to let this kid who's ready for the big leagues jump into a postseason with the Detroit Tigers because you just know that you'll be back in the postseason in three, four, five years from now. What? Come on. AL Central is much improved. White Sox aren't going anywhere. Same thing for the Twins. The Indians traded away a number two starter, and they still have the best rotation in the American League. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they might lose Francisco Lindor, but they'll figure out a way to. They got this kid, Arias, uh, uh, in, in the deal with the Padres, who's a stud shortstop. I don't think they're going anywhere either. I, I'm sorry. You cannot assume. That's why I was so happy to see the Marlins go get Starling Marte. You cannot assume. If God loving us the way we think he does, we're going to get a 162-game season going forward starting next year. If that happens, are you really telling me that I will be sitting here with less than a month ago in a regular season saying the Marlins, the Giants, and the Tigers have a shot at getting into the postseason? I'm not going to say that for the next three to four years. I love the pitch of the Marlins. It's just a marathon, man. It's too many games. Yep. It breaks you down. So the Tigers need – to do something, bring up this kid, because I would love to see the Tigers squeak in. It would be a great story for baseball. Greg, have a great Labor Day weekend and hit him well. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll try to shoot an 89 again today, Randy. <laughs> You're the best. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thanks, my man. See you, guys. See you, Greg. Greg Amsinger, MLB Network on 101 ESPN. By the way, Michelle, Detroit has won 7 of 10, and they're only a game and a half behind Toronto wow. for a playoff spot in the American League after as bad as they've been for the last three years. That's crazy. Yeah, unreal. Next up, Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Take it or leave it coming your way on 101 ESPN.